Thank you for downloading the Kol Hadash podcast. This is episode 53, originally recorded live on September 13, 2013. Goats are not an unsurprising element of ancient Middle Eastern stories. After all, goat herding was commonplace amongst the nomadic peoples of the Middle East. Goats were commodities, a food source, and used in sacrifice. For modern Jews in America, goat meat is not part of our diet and animal sacrifice has not been part of Jewish culture for thousands of years. To synthesize the ancient and modern, it helps to have a different perspective. Let's ask the goats. To welcome our Kol Nidre guests, we need to use a phrase in Aramaic. But don't worry, you've probably heard it before. Chad Gad Ya, Chad Gad Ya. One kid goat, one kid goat. Dizvan Abba Bitre Zuze, my father bought for two Zuzim. Chad Gad Ya, Chad Gad Ya. Let's try it all together. Ready? Chad Gad Ya, Chad Gad Ya. Thank you for that warm welcome and not on Passover. Many centuries ago, I was bought for two zuzim, not a bad deal for a goat. My owner brought me home to his child, and then the whole barnyard broke loose. A cat ate me, a dog bit the cat, a stick beat the dog, fire burned the stick, water put out the fire, an ox drank the water, and on and on. Maybe I was not the wisest purchase, but you can't get your zuzim back without a receipt. Generations have told my story as a version of Jewish history. The goat is Israel. Two zuzim are Moses and Aaron, or maybe two tablets of the Ten Commandments. And the animals are all the nations that attacked Israel one after the other. At least my story had a happy ending. The butcher kills the ox, who drank the water. Then the angel of death kills the butcher. But God himself kills the angel of death. The end of history. The messianic age, what the rabbis called ha'olam haba, the world to come. If you ask the goat, I don't think that chad gad yah is popular because of that version of Jewish history. Chad Gad Yah is popular because it's simple and fun and has lots of animals. <laughs> How many people buy Noah's Ark's toys for the theology? The melody is catchy. Chad Gad Yah, Chad Gad Yah. And you people seem to like songs that test your lung capacity. Was there really a house that Jack built? Or 12 drummers drumming? Or a hole where green grass grows all around, all around? Does the hole need to symbolize the budget deficit while the green grass all around is the Fred pinching money and the root in the hole is... Ooh, what fun is that? I guess I, the goat of Chad Gad Yah, should be happy to be remembered. How many millions of other goats have lived and died and been forgotten over the centuries? There I am, every Passover, bought and eaten year after year. It's a kind of afterlife since I do know what happens after I'm gone. But how far down the food chain until I'm not even a memory? 
Who wants an afterlife where you're chewed up and digested until there's nothing left? Who wants to be a drop in the ocean if your individual dropness vanishes? Take it from me, Chad Gadya. Only fictional characters live forever. The rest of us live on only if we have an impact on the world, or at least on the people who knew us. If I had it to do all over again, I might have done things differently. When is a goat just a goat? When is a story just a story, a song just a song? This High Holidays, we are exploring the greatest stories never told, new visions of old tales. We saw Eve and the snake's perspectives on the Garden of Eden, and Otto Frank's thoughts on the diary of his daughter Anne. Today, we give voice to another animal, but this time a more sympathetic one, the little goat from the Passover song Chad Gadya. From Aesop's fables to Animal Farm, animal parables dramatize humanity. The animals stand in for our values, our issues, our personalities, even our history. Jewish literature certainly has its share of animals. We heard from Eden's snake on Rosh Hashanah, and there are other sheep and goats of note. But few Jewish animals have gotten the attention of Passover's Chad Gad Chad Gad And now a new goat butts in. I beg to differ. I'm talked about every single Yom Kippur. And I showed up 1,500 years before that Chad Gad kid was invented. I put the goat in scapegoat. And when I was employed, I was the most important animal in Israel. Every year, I was one of two goats chosen for Yom HaKippurim, the Day of Atonements. My colleague was sacrificed to the Hebrew God Yahweh, and I belonged to Azazel. Azazel? Maybe a desert demon, maybe a valley outside of Jerusalem, who can remember? But my job was the most important of all. The high priest gave me the sins of every single Jew, man, woman, and child. I carried those sins out into the desert to Azazel, and it's only because of me that Yom Kippur worked. Because of me, the Jews believed their sins were forgiven. Because of me, the early rabbis said that Yom Kippur was one of the happiest days of the Jewish calendar. Yom Kippur, happy? Because of me and what I did. After the temple was destroyed, I changed jobs from a ritual to a holiday story. This very Yom Kippur, this very Yom Kippur, Jews all over the world read about me through hunger and thirst and boredom, my story is the heart of the traditional Torah reading for Yom Kippur. Of course, no one ever asked me what I thought. I've realized over the centuries, it's ironic, the same people who created the scapegoat idea found themselves in that same role all too often. Black death, economic upheaval, social unrest, always easier to blame the Jews to project sins onto them, to crucify them, or simply take facts and make them sinister. The German census of 1925 showed that Jews were less than 1% of the total population 
and they were 26% of the lawyers and 15% of the doctors. Is that a point of pride or evidence of an evil plot? None of this hatred, from what I've seen, is the fault of the Jews. And Jews are definitely not the only people who believe that something else can suffer on your behalf or die for your sins. But there's something rotten when you blame someone else for your failures. As much as I appreciate the honor, maybe the scapegoat, the idea that something else atones for your sins was not the best idea to begin with. After all, you don't fix the problem with the person you wronged, so it continues to fester. And it's much easier to project onto something else than to face your problems honestly, and I've seen it all. There are some Jews today who still cast their sins, in this case, onto chickens. They swing them around their head. It's a ritual called kaporis, from the same root as Yom Kippur. And there are some who recite liturgy and confessions and who beg for cosmic forgiveness without personal investment. But I've also seen some who understand they can't begin to seek forgiveness from anywhere else until they've asked for and received forgiveness here from the specific people they've wronged. If you don't believe in sins that can be supernaturally forgiven, then fixing what you did wrong with the people who suffer is even more important, since that's the only way for you to feel better and for them to feel better too. I, the scapegoat, would be happy to retire. Rabbi Shalom again. Evidently, even a goat who attends Yom Kippur for 2,500 years is bound to learn something. The long-suffering goat of Chad Gadya is much more recent than the scapegoat. But I would still bet that more people hear about the Passover goat than the scapegoat. More Jews and their families attend Passover seders than come to Yom Kippur services. There is one more Jewish goat worth noting but he is the least remembered of the three. Well, the third goat replies, that didn't used to be the case. I show up a few times in the Torah, but you only know about me in the negative. Thou shalt not boil a kid goat in its mother's milk. The Hebrew for me is gedi, the same as the Aramaic gadya, and the reason people don't remember me is that they have no idea what that line in the Torah really means. Thou shalt not boil a kid goat in its mother's milk. I have a vague memory of some ritual where a goat would actually be boiled and eaten in its mother's milk to make a fertility deal with the gods. But when the rabbis got a hold of the text for their interpretation, I became something completely different. You shall not boil a kid in its mother's milk. But to the rabbis, boil meant eat or use in any way. Kid meant meat from any kosher animal of any age. Milk was any possible dairy product. And whether it's the meat's mother or an entirely different species doesn't matter. There's a reason that Talmud admitted that some laws, like kosher laws, were mountains hanging by a hair. Many laws, but few sources. 
The modern poet Yehuda Amichai points out the irony when he remembered me in his poem, Instead of a Love Poem. From thou shalt not boil a kid in its mother's milk, they made all the many kosher laws, but the kid is forgotten, and the milk is forgotten, and the mother is forgotten. From I love you, we've made our life together, but I've not forgotten you as you were then. For Amichai, love is always present tense, but I am long gone. No one remembers me, the not-boiled goat, since today not only is the kid forgotten and the milk forgotten and the mother forgotten, the many kosher laws are forgotten too, or at least not binding. People make their own food choices for health or for taste or for their values. They may choose kosher or vegetarian or low-carb or organic or local. They may live by the dietary laws of Quentin Tarantino. Bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. <laughs> the lifestyle I, the not-boiled kid, represent is a lifestyle of separation and obedience that 80% of Jews have rejected. To quote a statement from 1885 by the Reform Movement, these laws of diet fail to impress the modern Jew with a spirit of priestly holiness. Their observance in our days is apt rather to obstruct than to further modern spiritual elevation. Freedom to eat is freedom to choose, freedom to think, freedom to live. Don't get me started on regulating big gulps. Rabbi Shalom again. What do all these goats have in common? The Passover goat of Chad Gad Yah, eaten in a chain of conflict. The Yom Kippur scapegoat, driven into the wilderness. The dietary goat who birthed the kosher laws. These Jewish goats are all passive. They are defined by what happens to them, not by what they do. If Chad Gad Yah is really a history of the Jewish people, then the Jewish people suffer without any agency, unable to defend themselves without divine intervention, unable to even respond, unable to change the pattern. The truth is that the Jewish people have always responded to history. They negotiated, and they changed, and they moved, and they struggled to survive, and they have survived. In Rabbi Sherwin Wine's phrase, they have not survived because of the kindness of the fates. Jews have survived because of their own stubbornness and intelligence and courage. That was the lesson of the Zionist movement. Change Jewish powerlessness by changing the game. Don't wait for a Messiah to save you. Save yourself. Is this not a life challenge we all face? We can easily be defined by what happens to us beyond our control illness or grief, or we can define ourselves by how we respond to what happens, how we face illness with courage, challenge with cooperation, grief with love. If you want a talk amongst yourselves in the car question, consider this. Which will you be? Remembered for what happened to you or remembered for what you do? Maybe the answer is to change the story, 
In the liberated Haggadah, the humanistic Haggadah we use at our seders, we sing that the butcher planned to kill the ox that drank the water that quenched the fire. And then in the last verse, then came the vegetarian who set free the ox that drank the water that quenched the fire, and so on. When Chadgad Yah spoke a few minutes ago, he said, I might have done things differently. How so, Mr. Goat? How would you make your story like the real history of the Jewish people? Let's call to him one more time with Chad Gad Yah, Chad Gad Yah. Together? Chad Gad Yah, Chad Gad Yah. Here is my story if I could write it. And let it be understood as the story of the Jewish people. One day, I, the goat, emerged from the family of animals. I was different from every other animal with my own instincts and memories, just as every animal was different from every other, better in some ways, worse in others. A cat came to eat me, but I moved to a new land. A dog came after the cat, so I learned to speak dog to make a living. I kept some words in goat, a few words in cat, but I made speaking dog my own. A stick came to hit the dog, but the stick saw that I could read and count. Few animals then could keep track of their own zuzim. And so the stick kept me around. A fire came to burn the stick, and I had to flee for my life. But water arrived to put out the fire and saved me, a righteous bucket. And then another threat, and another, and another, saving myself without help from beyond until finally I learned something my earliest generations had only imagined, the power of changing the game. Faced with war and defeat, some think that revenge is the answer, a stick to beat the dog, fire to burn the stick, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. After the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem, words of revenge were written, which are still recited in the traditional grace after meals, Birkat Amazon. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall be he who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall be he who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rocks. Eye for eye, tragedy for tragedy, ox drinks water, butcher kills ox, and on and on. But maybe there is a way out. You see, I, Chad Gad Yah, I have my own Yehuda Amichai poem. An Arab shepherd is searching for his goat on Mount Zion. And on the opposite hill, I am searching for my little boy. An Arab shepherd and a Jewish father, both in their temporary failure. Our two voices met above the Sultan's pool in the valley between us. Neither of us wants the boy or the goat to get caught in the wheels of the Chadgad Yah machine. Afterward, we found them among the bushes, and our voices came back to us laughing and crying. Searching for a goat or for a child has always been the beginning of a new religion in these mountains. How do we escape? We escape by resisting the inevitability of history. The past is not preview if we have the courage to think differently. Faced with that same Babylonian destruction, instead of revenge, others imagined beating swords into plowshares 
and spears into pruning hooks and not learning war anymore. Faced with our own status quo in the Jewish state of terrorism and reprisal, land disputes and bitterness, there are some who can see beyond the status quo for an Israel and a Palestine. More of the same, the status quo is unacceptable and accepting the status quo is unacceptable. It simply cannot be this way forever. Territories and people cannot stay in legal limbo forever. All peoples have rights as human beings, including the right to self-determination. Even a goat knows that. You see, says Chad Gadya, the way out of my story is to see the humanity in everyone. The Arab shepherd and the Jewish father do not want to lose their kids, one human, one goat, and their success is not conquest or revenge or even shared misery if both lose what they love. Their success is life. Inside each of you is a goat and a cat and fire and water, even an angel of death. It is all too easy to picture more of the same. But who said that the life worth living would be easy? Who wants to be part of the same old story when we can start writing it ourselves, as the Jewish people has always done? So I don't want to end with my same old song, Chad Gad Chad Gad You don't wait for someone else to ose shalom to make peace. You tell each other, na'ase shalom, we will make peace. And so why don't we take my old melody and sing it anew, with new words that look forward to the future we create together. Shana Tova, Shana Tova. Together. Shana Tova, Shana Tova. This podcast was recorded and produced by Ken Burke on behalf of Rabbi Shalom and Kol Hadash in conjunction with Repatriation Studios. I'm Ken Burke, and thank you for listening.